keep your eyes closed. Father, thank you for what you have given us. You gave us eyes. You gave us ears. You gave us a mouth. And you gave us a heart. And as we've been worshiping today, we've been opening our mouths and we've been, we've been opening our ears. Thank you that we can open our hearts to you. That when our heart is open, we can receive and we can give and we can receive and we can give and we can receive knowing because you are always good no matter what we lack you supply it's when we close our hearts that we can't give and we can't receive and we shut ourselves from experiencing your abundant life so today we open our hearts to receive because we cannot give if we've not received. And Father, I thank you that your blessing and your favor is on every single person who hears this. I thank you, Father, that you have a good plan for them that you have prospered them, that you have healed them, that you have set them free, that you have done everything that needs to be done. And if we will open our hearts and receive, it will overflow out of our lives. If there is something that your heart has been closed to, whether it's receiving or giving, I want to invite you today to open your heart. Father God loves you. Jesus died for you. And the Holy Spirit is here to help you. If you don't know what to do, He will tell you. He will guide you. He will empower you. He will encourage you. Today is your day. Amen. Go ahead and have a seat if you're not already seated. Wow. I missed being at Lake Haven Church. I'm always part of Lake Haven, but today was just awesome. Thank you so much, worship team. You know, they're just receiving and giving. They've got gifts, they've got talents, they've got a heart, and we benefit. Amen. So... Shannon and I have been away for a couple of weeks. He's going to come up here in a little bit, but uh, I just wanted to say it is good to be home. This is home. You know, Shannon and I have been here almost 18 years now. Can you believe it? Yeah, 18 years in January. So this is definitely the longest place Shannon has ever lived in one place ever. He moved around quite a lot when he was younger. So anyway, I um, besides getting up here just to encourage you this morning i do want to thank you for your generosity in case you hadn't noticed the piles and piles of things up front here this is because this body is generous so all of these shoe boxes a thousand shoe boxes that we got packed yesterday is because somebody said i want to be a blessing i want to give and with these shoe boxes goes the gospel 
So that is the most important part. We don't want to give somebody just a box of stuff. We want to give them a word from God. We want to give them a message of hope. And that's why we support Samaritan's Purse this way. Um, if you were here doing the boxes yesterday, can I, yesterday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, because there was a lot of preparation that went into it, would you stand up quickly if you helped pack boxes? Go ahead and stand up. There were a bunch of kids that are across in the children's building as well. Everybody but Mary, go ahead and sit down. So Mary, wave to us over there. Woohoo! Mary, you did a fantastic, fantastic job. So we love you and thank you for all this hard work. If it wasn't for Mary, we might not be here today with these boxes. So thank you, Mary. So we do need to get these boxes from the front to the back, and I'm hoping that you might stand in a line and pass a couple boxes before we go. Anybody up for passing some boxes? That way everybody can stand up and say, I, I helped with the shoebox packing. I mean, you might not have actually packed something into the box, but you helped pack the box into the trailer. How about that? Will that sound good? Okay. So... Um, the reason I bring this up before the offering is because it is part of what our heartbeat is here, is to be generous. And I say we because Shannon and I give as well. We are not the beneficiaries. In other words, it doesn't come because, oh, we're paying a tithe. No, we're responding because we've received. When I know how much God loves me, I don't have to fear in my financial life or fear in my health life, because I know he is my healer, he's my provider, he's the one who gives me what I need. And then it's easy to be generous, because I know where my source is. But when I feel like my source is tied to a job, or a social security check, or an investment, and things go like they do, right? Then I get a wobble in my heart, because I've put my faith in the wrong thing. So when we get that anchored in God, we don't have to worry about giving. So I'm not asking you to give from a lack. I'm asking you to listen to your heart. What does God put in your heart? Paul encourages us to give from a cheerful heart. What can you give? What do you want to give? What do you want to give towards? Some people wanted to give a thousand shoeboxes, right? Some people want to give new children's church carpets. Some people want to do whatever you want to do, do that. Okay, there's lots of ways to give. If you want to give, you can do that with the envelopes that are, excuse me, I'm in America. Envelopes. In South Africa, we used to say envelopes. The envelopes that are in the seat back pockets in front of you, and you can drop those in any one of the drop boxes that are at the doors at the exit. If you want to do it the new school way, you can give online, and you can also mail in a check if you prefer to do that. Remember, our mailing address is different than our physical address. So hold your offering or your phone if you're going to do that online or whatever, however you want to give today, and let's just bless that seed. Father, I thank you for what we're committing into your hands, that it multiplies when it's in your hands, that it goes further than we can send it on our own. I thank you, Father, for the lives that are going to be impacted eternally because of the seed, and I thank you for the blessing that we get to play in that, in Jesus' name, amen. You are blessed. Okay, so 
while we've been gone, there's been a bunch happening. I heard that you guys started signing the heartbeat um, petitions. There's a, a table at the back. If you're not sure what that heartbeat petition is, there's a website that you can go to. It's written on the table on the stands over there. That is a, uh, a heart protecting the heartbeat. I think it's called the heartbeat bill is the bill that they're trying to pass or trying to get on the ballot for 2022. And they need to have 800,000 petitions signed. So we said, we know some people who might sign it. So if you have not yet signed a petition and you would like to support the heartbeat bill, that means protecting life in any case where there is a detectable heartbeat. Go ahead to that table at the back and just fill in the form. Um, you can probably turn it in. Where do they turn it in, Jen? At the info booth in the far back in the middle. You can turn your, your completed paperwork in there and we will get that to the right place before then. So um, we will do that for until the end of November. So one more Sunday, and then we're going to be getting all of those petitions off to the right place. Then this Thursday, anybody know what's happening Thursday? Everybody got your turkey out the freezer? In case you didn't, today's a good day to take the turkey out the freezer or go buy a new one that's not frozen. Um, because we've done that before, because we forgot to take it out in time. Yep. So Thursday, there will be no uh, overflow on Wednesday night because it's Thanksgiving. There will also be no youth at the building. So if you guys want to get together and overflow or, or be young, like youth do, you can do that wherever you are. It doesn't have to happen here at the church. So that's, that's coming up this Wednesday. No overflow at the church on Wednesday, no youth at the church. Also, uh, Grounded, which happens on Saturday evenings typically, is going to be paused until January. We take a break for the month of December, and then we come back in January. So Christmas Eve, save the date. We're going to do a short family service at 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve. So if you don't have plans and you want to come and hang out with us, it's going to be fun. It'll be a family service, meaning the kids will be in here with us. That'll be awesome. And then ladies, uh, you have one more week, only one more week to get Festival of Tables tickets because the Festival of Tables uh, is coming up on December the 4th. If you don't know what that is, please go and speak to the ladies at the info booth. It is one of the most fun things that we do for our ladies here at Lake Haven. All good? Can I quickly show some photos? Um, Joy, will you pull up the video? We can turn the sound down on this video. We're just going to watch the video quickly. Smarly packing. This is from yesterday when we had um, ripped out all the chairs and put all the tables and things up here. You can see lots of activity and all the faces packing. We did two lines, one for boys, one for girls. And we filled those boxes, well, these boxes. <laughs> Hi, Debbie. Wait, wait for it, wait for it. Stacy, you knew that was coming, right? <laughs> so, and then we got a couple more. Um, let's go to the box folding uh, competition quickly. We, we did a race at the end. We figured out that we had some really fast box folders. So watch this. This is eyes open.
So Miss Rihanna was like a split second behind. Miss Penny was another split second behind. So next year, we're going to have just the four of them folding boxes. It go, they do it so quickly, they blow the rest of us out of the water. So well done. Um, when we do the passing of boxes a little bit later, we'll actually show a slideshow of the whole, um, of all the photos. So if you hang around and help us pass out the boxes, you'll be able to watch some more of the things, and then we'll also post it online. Okay, Shan, all yours. Hey, thank you, thank you. Nice to be back. It's nice to be back. Awesome. That's my boy. He was, uh, I, I couldn't beat him. He was, uh, he was doing a great job. He's on camera today. Thanks, Ethan. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, no, it was, it was really good to be away. Uh, Corinne and I had really, a really quiet time. We got to participate, watch online here for a couple of weeks and learn a, uh, learn a few things from watching church online. So um, for all of you watching online, hey, connect with you. <laughs> it's nice to see you. Today, we're actually going to do a, a communion service. And so if you're online, you may want to get ready with water and crackers or bread or whatever you have, grape juice or whatever um, for later. We'll do it towards the end of the service. And, um, but I, again, I just, just uh, want to reiterate what Corin said here. Thanks so much for jumping in. This is a big project. This is, we, we, last year we had 200 boxes and we really decided, man, can we do, I had this astronomical amount in my mind, it was five times, and I thought, can we do a thousand boxes? And look, we did it. And it was amazing to me, you know, that, that there were some people that gave so generously and you all, thank you for jumping in. And, and I just want to just say that again. Um, but um, we, we, we enjoyed watching uh, the pictures from the 80s bash. I don't know how many of you enjoyed the 80s bash thing that event was on, but the, some of the, the, w the way you guys were dressed, man, that was, was, was hysterical. I know, my dad said that he's, uh, he's, trying to, he's trying to work through the forgiveness in his heart, trying to get, because people didn't vote for him. He didn't win the lip syncing competition. So, no, but, uh, it was great. I had a lot of people to say it was so much fun, and we just, they just really appreciated um, getting into to doing something together like that, and that, that, that was awesome. And um, I know Seth and Sandra do such a good work. They really are part of our heartbeat. They've been a, a couple of the missionaries that we support, a missionary team for with, uh, with In Motion. Seth and Sandra, I mean, they won't go out and say it, but they've been to so many countries. And um, I've led a couple of mission trips with them. Even David Taylor, our cellist, has been on, I don't know how, how many bunch of countries that he's led teams to um, within Motion Ministries. And, and so um, just, just a, a great ministry group. And they're not the only people. We've got other missionaries too. So if you ever do give to missions, um, if you do designate missions, it gets split up between a couple of our missionaries. One of them is Nate Tanner. Um, you know that Nate works all over the world, but... Um, but you'll, 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 every now and again, we'll give you a little bit of a missions update. And then, of course, Carolyn and Tim Clark, they moved to Lebanon, and they work mostly in, in, in that Middle East and, and some of those places. And they have to, re they have to relocate sometimes because of, of the kind of work they do and that. So they're another couple that we support as well besides, um, besides these folks. And, and the Wisdoms, who we still support, even though Clint, Clint went home to be with Jesus, we still support... Uh, we still support Renee um, and in and wisdom, simple wisdom ministries. So just just wanted to say shout out to all of those. When you do give to missions, you give to good good folks. Amen. Um, and like Corin said, Thanksgiving this week, great time to be grateful. And and you know that Thanksgiving is not is not a it, it's an American holiday. You realize that, right? 
you know, it's um, because a couple of times we've been in places and then they'll say, how's Thanksgiving? And I'm like, no, no, you know, South Africa, there is no Thanksgiving. They're like, what? There's no Thanksgiving? No, there's no tradition of Thanksgiving in, in other parts of the world. Now, the American traditions, the Americans all over the world take take the tradition with him with you but i think it is such a phenomenal tradition i i think it's awesome that you set time aside to be grateful that you that you intentional about about being grateful and and we get to do that this week and and that's one of the many things that we we're going to do communion as you know we don't we don't do communion or breaking of bread if you prefer we don't do it very often but when we do it i like to do it with intention and to to teach a little bit or and 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 this this morning, um, I, I had a, a, a message on my heart, and um, the title that I that I thought of what, that I wanted, and, and it's been used in may perhaps even trite. It's be, it's been, may have been overused in circles, but was paid in full, paid in full, and and um, the, the the phrase comes from the Greek word that that uh, that is used, or the Aramaic word that is in the New Testament in John chapter 19, when Jesus um, said it is finished. That is the phrase tetelestai, which means basically paid in full. But um, if you if you when I've studied a little bit of Greek, it's very interesting because the word in itself is a present tense. It's a perfect tense. The tetelestai is a Greek word for, for paid in full, or, or it's made perfect, it's brought to, to completion, and it's done in that perfect taste, com- perfectly complete. And, and it, it sums up in one word what happened for us, um, but, but I actually prefer the word paid in full to the word it is finished. And you'll see why in this message, amen? So um, we'll, we'll, we'll jump into it. But when I was last here, um, when I last ministered almost a month ago, <laughs> was, um, was, was creating, I spoke about creating your new, your new normal. And um, I'm, I encourage you, if you never were here for the series, it is an important s- series to, to lay hold of in your hearts because to, to create your new normal, we dealt with the heart. We understood why the heart is, the, what, the, how the heart functions in creating a new normal because we all have this sort of normal life that we live and we always seem to, 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 uh, to go back to sort of a standard in our life, whether it's in relationships, a standard in health, a standard in weight, a standard in finances, and you can change your normal. You, if you're used to, you know, people have changed, like they've won the lottery and they've gone back to poverty. Or you can lose some weight and get put it all back on again. How many things can you do? You can get healthy and you can get sick again. But you see, there is a reason. And, th- and that was the whole point of that series to understand because Jesus spoke about the heart. And, it's, and if we don't understand kingdom principles and heart principles and, and how this actually breaks down, then we won't make much progress and then and what we don't want at lake haven is just to go through the mill right we don't want to go through the religious mill and never really see results in our life because jesus came to give you and me life and life to the fullest a abundant life the word of god says that is the goal but if we settle, if we step back and say, I'm settling for this, and then we come up with all these crazy theologies, 
And, and it really is, some people call it circumstance theologies, because we, we, we say, um, you know, because of the religion and the religious traditions we have, we say, well, I guess God just didn't want to heal me. Because I asked him, and I guess I'm still sick. So that is circumstance theology. And if you hang out with us for long enough and you get your heart and your mind and you apply your heart and mind, you'll understand these things that we teach on. I wish that we could teach the New Testament kingdom principles in one Sunday, but it ain't going to happen. You have to lay hold of these over, over a while. We're all on a journey. We all learn incrementally. And, and if we don't understand that it's with our heart that we understand, it's with our heart that we need to acquire these things, not with our head. That's a big difference because if you, if you get something in your head, you know, it's like going to school or college or doing a course. You're like, oh, I've heard that before. And you can answer the test question. But is it working in your life? Is it giving you peace? Or do you worry at night? Do you have these things? And in fact, I mean, I, 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 have, I have something rolling around on the inside of me just about the power of God. The power of God. I, I tell you what, because I don't believe that the resurrection power of God, we have so taken Christianity and made it such an external ritualistic operation that it's all about externals. And like you heard me say in the last series, it's not about what we believe. It's become more about what you do externally, what you look like externally, how you behave externally, and not what's happening inside of you. And that's why the world looks at us and says, you're a bunch of hypocrites. Why? Because you don't, you haven't really actually are different. You aren't actually changed. I'm not saying you, I mean, I'm talking about the people somewhere else, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but but if, we, if we have, and if we experience, I'm telling you, I have gone in the 80s and 90s when I was a, a young Christian, some of these things that we were experiencing about in, in, with God, we would rush to meetings and it was about, and, and I mean, you can read all these great guys like um, about the, the miracles that Mar Maria, uh, Mariah would with Edda, or you want, you want to read about Smith Wigglesworth or, or in the 80s and 90s, we would run from meeting to meeting and, and, and what became this fix, fixed thing in the charismatic world was a physical demonstration of the power of God. And if you didn't see clouds and stuff, or the glory of God, and, and it had to be something you saw in the room, or you saw this, or you experienced it, then it wasn't the power of God. And I beg to differ. Because I've seen a lot of people that have, I've seen a lot of miracles in my life, and I've seen a lot of people accept a miracle, receive a miracle, lose their healing, or sometimes keep their healing, but have a miserable life. And I'm not saying that we should, we, that we should and shouldn't, but I can tell you what, if we experience the resurrection power of God, which the Bible says we ought to be living in, this is not my message today, I don't know why I'm getting spun. But if we exp experience the resurrection power of, the, of God, of the resurrection power of God in our life, it should make a difference. How you experience victory how you experience victory in your it should make a difference in your relationship with your spouse with your children you should be you should be living life on a whole different level i don't know about you but i want more not and i say not more because jesus needs to give me more i want to experience more of what he has given me right and so we have to understand the principle of the heart and i'm telling you frankly 
I, I, can't, I wish I could go in. I can't go in and teach that thing again. But the heart and understanding how the heart works and where Jesus says, clean the inside and the outside will be clean automatic. All of those things I spoke about in, that, in those five Sundays, okay? So I just want you to, to bear in mind that, that the heart and where we're coming from, it's, it's an important issue. But um, so one of, the, one of the dangerous things that I just wanted to touch on is truth. What is truth? Now, we can give a sort of a religious definition or a scriptural definition, if you will. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, right? And we can just say, well, Jesus is the truth. Yes, he is the truth. Um, but, you know, Jesus came to bring us grace and truth, it said in John chapter 1. And, and there's a lot of things that are, that are truth, um, but let me put it this way. Truly recorded scripture even in the Old Testament, is not necessarily truth with a capital T today. Now, let me try and explain that statement, okay? You can read a historical book in the Bible or a history recited from the Old Testament, and you can look at it, and that's exactly what the person said. That's exactly what is recorded historically, so it is accurate historically. So as a small t, true, it's true. It's true that Job said this. It's true that king did this. It's true that that happened. It's true that's what they said. But it's not necessarily truth as in, this is what Jesus gave us. There is a change that happens through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus that if we don't understand covenants, and that's not the whole point of today, but I do want to touch on, if we don't understand the covenants, there was an old covenant that we were under, and if we, there was a mosaic law that we as, as, as the people of God were under long ago. And then Jesus, of course, came in and ushered in the new covenant. And that's what we celebrate with communion, right? We celebrate the new covenant that is in my blood, Jesus said. And the whole book of Hebrews is dedicated to talking about the new covenant. Hebrews is a fantastic book love the book of Hebrews and, and, and it's, it's just so, because it talks about there's all this ritual that had been happening and he says but this is the, the new covenant in this way this was, the, this was just a copy this stuff that, we, that used to be around was just a copy of the old this, but the new was now fulfilled and blood of the blood of bulls and goats couldn't take away sin and the blood of bulls and goats couldn't cleanse the conscience. But now we have the blood of Jesus and this can for once and for all takes away all sin. And, and so it contrasts this old ritualistic religion to the new covenant. And that's a big deal. I tell you what, now I grew up Mom and Dad were in a in a in a in a, in a much more denominational organization or church, and thank God for them. That's where I was born again. But I can tell you what: when they taught, I got confused. And it takes church to confuse you sometimes. Seriously, I'm going to be frank because because I can tell you what: I I I would go to on a Sunday morning and I would listen to something out of Lamentations or Nehemiah or the Psalms and then you'd be in Matthew or then you'd be in Revelation or then you would be, and, and I had no, I, even though I got born again as a little guy, when my mom led me to the Lord at six or whatever, I was terrified of going to hell, you know, or whatever it was. But, but, but the point was that I got thoroughly confused. In fact, that was the reason. I, when I went to Bible school, I was like, man, I just, I just don't know what 
which way is up because I had gone to church. I had had an experience with the Holy Spirit by the time I went to Bible school. And I was like, man, I, I am just confused. And covenant confusion and understanding how to read the Bible and how to understand the covenants was just something that we have to lay hold of. And, and just as a punt for, for Keith, who's, who's here as a teacher, I mean, if you go to Grounded or you get plugged into Grounded or any t- in, in our teaching groups particularly, but Keith is an is a anointed teacher to help us unravel some of these things. And, and, you know, maybe we were just saying this morning, Keith was saying, maybe we need to start a Bible school here, you know, that people could actually lay hold of some, some piece by piece building blocks of getting yourself grounded in truth. Because I can tell you what, if you don't know how to read the, just the, 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 the Bible, if you don't know that it is essential for you to take uh, facts, even facts that are recorded in the Bible, and to pass them through one critical filter. The death, burial, resurrection, ascension of what Jesus did and accomplished through the cross. That is essential. Because things changed when Jesus did that. That is what, again, the new covenant is all about, okay? So I, I quoted this um, a, a few weeks ago, but Isaiah 53 verse 1 says this, Who has believed what they heard from us, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? And God is speaking within himself, the, the Trinity, and he's saying, Who has believed what they heard? Or who, if, if you go to the King James, it said, Who has believed our report? Who will believe our report? Right? God is saying that. And, and the, the thing is, though, we have taken again because we get so religiousized we think we want it we want somebody to quickly say a magic little incantation or we want somebody to just say well i believe that jesus died on the cross for my sins and i believe that he god rose him from the dead it's not just an incantation it's not even listen carefully it's not even that god raised him from the dead of course you're going to believe that but that's not, that's not where you're going to get the power of God, the resurrection power of God working in your life. Or do you believe what God achieved through what God's report of the gospel is? God's report, his way of what, how the, Lord of the, arm, the arm of the Lord is, is being revealed, all of what happened through the cross, do you believe, will you dare believe what God says happened through what Jesus did through his death, burial, resurrection, etc.? Will you believe that? Because I tell you what, there's a lot of churches who won't. There's a lot of churches that won't. A lot of churches, if somebody says to them, well, do you believe that Jesus was fully man? Yes, he was man. In fact, the Bible says if you don't do it, you have the spirit of antichrist in you. Philippians 2 clearly says that Jesus absolutely emptied himself of his power. He came and he he had to do what he did as a man, empowered by God. In fact, that's what Acts 10.38 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. He did everything that he did as a man anointed by God. Now, that would stick in the craw of a lot of denominations. And that's something that's more than pass a test on the question. Let me regurgitate what you just said. No, what do you believe about that? Do I really believe that Jesus 
the Son of God, the Word that was with God in the beginning, it says, who came to reveal himself through grace and truth and came to show us what God looks like and to manifest his personality and, and, and all of those things that God's report said Jesus did. He came as a man, anointed when he was at baptism. Remember when the Holy Spirit descended? Three years, his ministry, he's, he's, he, he operated. But he came, he operated as a man. <laughs> and I know that can really bother some people. And I'm not saying that he wasn't still God. Yes, in, certainly he was, you know, it, we, can, we can read, but he, had, he didn't do what he did as God. He did it as a man. He had to win the victory as a man. He had to do it as a man anointed, not as God. That's why Jesus said, these things that I did, you will do also and even greater. You see, but if we believe Jesus could only do those things, then we'll say, oh, well, you see, that was Jesus. I, don't, I, don't, I can't do any of that thing. And then because we only believe the power of God in miracles, I'm just saying, we, we can become so miracles that we actually follow after miracles and we don't follow after God. And that's a dangerous place to be in. We don't chase miracles. Miracles are, yes, they're a blessing, they, but they are not the power of God. God is revealed in all these. Are they, are they, is it a blessing? Is it yeah, Absolutely, it's wonderful, amen. But that's not what we chase. In fact, one of the beasts in, I think it's the second beast in Revelation, around about chapter 13, I, they, they, that beast will deceive many, it says, by doing miracles. So people who love to follow after power and they, he's going to raise people from the dead and, be, and a whole bunch of people who don't read their Bible or know God A from B are going to say, well, this must, must be from God because they raised the dead. Not if you've read Revelation. The beast is going to raise the dead. See some signs and wonders and you're going to, oh, wow. So careful. If we're chasing miracles, we're just chasing healings or are you a disciple that follows God? Are you a disciple that plows into, gets stuck into the truth of the word of God? You know, and you've, you've, you've found what all these things teach, what they believe, what Jesus did. So, so let's go carry on in Isaiah 53. But it says, um, I, I, I don't want to go through all these scriptures, but over here it says in verse 2 that, um, that he grew up before him a young plant like a root out of dry ground. He had no form or majesty that we'd look at him, no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised. Rejected by men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. Jesus knew grief? Yep. Do you think Jesus just floated on water and never hurt? Nope. He, he, he experienced grief. He knew it. As from one whom men hide their faces, he was despised, yet we esteemed him not. And surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his stripes we are healed. Or bruising, uh, the, Greek, uh, the Hebrew word is for stripes. Bruising, we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray and turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Now, we could camp out on these fantastic, incredibly insightful verses. 
for a long time. But I just wanted to show you there, that, that word iniquity in verse 5 and in 6 is actually the Greek word, uh, sorry, Hebrew word, avon, which means perversity, depravity, guilt, the punishment of iniquity. So it, he, he took on the punishment of our guilt. He took on the guilt of our sin, it says, that, and it says of us all. You will see how that verse, it says the Lord has, okay, starting again, all we like sheep have gone our own way. Well, we've gone astray. We have turned eat everyone, everyone, there is no one that hasn't, to his own way. And that is, selfishness is the big S, right? You know, we love our doing it our way. We see it our way. We do it our way. And, and until we let go of self and we get lay hold of some humility and learn to see God's God's way anyhow but we turn our own way and the Lord has laid on him this guilt this perversity this tendency towards sin the the, the consequence or punishment for iniquity um, has laid on him the iniquity of us all and then um, in yeah then uh, yeah I, just, I, I think that I should just stop there because you can study Isaiah 53 so intently but but that's not the point of this morning. The guilt of us all is enough to know. In, in Isaiah 54, listen to verse, verses 9. Now, remember, chapter and verse don't exist. In, in the, we, we, did, we did it so we could find it easily. But Isaiah 54, he says, This is the, like the days of Noah to me, that I swore the waters of Noah would no more go over the earth. So I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, and I will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart and the hills be removed, but my steadfast love will not depart from you and my covenant of peace shall not be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. Here, the, the Lord through the prophet Isaiah is talking about what is going to actually accomplish through the servant. Again, I'm gonna take you back to that start of Isaiah 53. Who will believe our report? Do we believe Jesus came as a man? Do we believe that he took the guilt and the punishment of all of us on him? That is something that we can only decide. But here, I mean, this, this, in Isaiah 54, it says, this is like the days of Noah, when I swore. And, and it's amazing. We, we still see rainbows today. The Lord put a rainbow in the sky and he said, this is a sign of the covenant that I will no more flood the earth with water a sign of the covenant. And God is saying, this is the sign. That when you see this happening, he says, I am making a covenant that I will no longer be angry with you. Oops. God will no longer be angry with you. Now just put a pin in that. We're gonna visit this again. Because there will be a day of wrath. Actually, it's a couple more than just one day. Wrath is not designed for repentance. At the end of time, when the lease runs out, so to speak, on this planet, there will be bowls of wrath poured out on the earth. And it's going to be a terrible, terrible time. And that is going to come from God. There will be a day of wrath. And you can read out all in the Revelation what's going to happen and what you will see in wrath. Wrath doesn't turn anybody to repentance. In fact, Romans 2 verse 4 says it's the goodness and kindness of God that teaches people to repentance, which is 
metanoia, to change your mind. It's only the goodness of God that can teach people. To, because back even in Revelation, when the time runs out and the clock has run out, it's saying, and now, okay, now it's a matter of a holy God saying, okay, you guys don't want to play with the rules and the way that I've made you. Time's up. And it's going to be more terrible than we can imagine. So let me be very clear. There will be wrath. But right now, and then some people call it the dispensation of grace, and there's some fancy theological explanation. But it's, it's, like, it's like there is a time. God is, God is not going to, God is a holy God. He's not going to take iniquity to heaven. He's not going to take unbelief to, he, to heaven. He's not going to. He can't. If peop, he has given you and I free will, and Pastor T last week spoke about your decision. It's your choice. It's every person's choice what they will do. So, lest, so I just need to get that out the way because lest people think, oh, well, God is, 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 God is you know, he's just a, you know, a furry teddy bear. And, you know, no matter what anybody is, he's just going to turn the other cheek forever and ever. And everybody goes to heaven. No. Very clearly, no. You have a free will and it's your right and it's, your, it's within your power to use your free will. Choose this day whom you will serve. If you don't choose, that's a choice in itself. You can choose not to believe the Bible says that and say, well, I don't care. I don't believe that. It's like, okay, well, you just used your choice. You just used your choice not to believe that. You can choose not to believe the truth of the word. You can choose not to believe Jesus. I mean, God himself said in Isaiah 53, one, who will believe this? Who will believe this? In Romans chapter 1, verse 16, one of my favorite verses, you'll hear me say often, this is the power of God unto salvation. He says, starts in verse 16, I am not ashamed of the good news, the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation. Sozo, remember, soteria, saved, healed, delivered, set free, made whole, set apart. That is salvation. Hold on a second. The gospel is the power of God into salvation. Not how many times you come to church and if you pay your tithes and if you pray long enough. And no, the gospel is the power of God into salvation. This good news that, G, that we're talking about of what happened on the cross is the power of God for you to experience the wholeness of what God provides. If you believe it. Because that's very clearly, because it says, and it goes into explaining, is why, why is it the power of God? Because you have a preacher that comes in, and you get the eebie-jeebies, and your, and your hair stands up on end, and people fall down, and now it's the power of God. No, it's the power of God. Why? Because a righteousness from God is revealed. Here, I, I tell you, I, I'm amazed there is massive Christian denominations that still do not understand that righteousness is by faith and not by works. In fact, there's the, the biggest denomination that says if you say that it's only by faith or by grace through faith and not by works, then you're anathema. Which means that you are out of the picture. You can't be saved, you're going to hell in their perspective. Is what you believe important? I would say, I would say. Now, does the denomination save you? No, a denomination doesn't save you. Lake Haven Church doesn't save you. I can't save you. But we can only 
decide to whether we will believe his report or not. Will we believe what he says or not? Because he said that if you believe my reports, if, if we believe his gospel, this gospel that says, I, I, I mean, I can imagine, we, they had no idea how good God is. And here God reveals himself as so essentially good and so essentially full of love. He's going to like, who's going who's gonna to believe this? Who's going to believe this great report, okay? So, but I mean, going back to Isaiah 54, when he says, just like this is the waters of Noah, that no more go over the earth. I have sworn, God says, I swear that I will not be angry with you and I will not rebuke you. For the mountains may depart, hills may be roofed, but my steadfast love, or my chesed, and uh, that's a beautiful, strong mercy, my everlasting kindness, my mercy shall not depart from you and my covenant of peace. Covenant. It is the strongest bond of swearing that you can get. And God made a covenant of peace. Wow. God will not remove a covenant of peace. Who has compassion on you, says the Lord in, in, that, um, in that next verse there. I will, or says the Lord who has compassion on you. So this, this new covenant because Jesus said, I will make a new covenant with you. And as I said in the beginning, in the book of Hebrews, it talks about this, this beautiful new covenant that we have. We, we don't live by ritual. We don't live by sacrifice. We don't live by trying to earn things from the Lord. Amen. So, so here in Romans chapter 5 and in 2 Corinthians 5, we see this, what Jesus actually accomplished in the, in the, in the cross. And he says this in verse uh, 8 of Romans 5. But God commendeth his love toward us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than now justified by his blood shall we be saved from wrath through him. For if we, while we were, when we were, sorry, what, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. How much more being reconciled shall we be saved by his life? And not only so, but also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have now received the atonement. Again, loaded with wonderful truth here. But that word reconciled in verse 10 there, if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God. Hold on a second. While we were enemies, God reconciled us. Now, I'm not preaching universalism, but God did the work back then. He reconciled it. He established his covenant of peace 2,000 years ago through this action. This is his report, remember? We choose to believe it or not. But he says, so he says, being reconciled, that word is, is, is my, one of my favorite words, katalaso, it's the exchange. It literally means to be exchanged. Second Corinthians 5, I'll, I'll pull that one back up in verse 17. You know verse 17 very well. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. We've, many of us know that by heart. But verse 8, 18, all this is from God, who through Christ, listen to this how many times, exchanged us to himself and gave us the ministry of exchange. That is that in Christ, um, God was exchanging the world to himself, not counting them the trespasses against him and entrusting to us the message of the exchange. 
Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of God, be exchanged to God. For the sake he made him to be, to be sin, listen to the exchange. He made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him, say in him, we might become the righteousness of God. So in Romans 5 and in 2 Corinthians 5, we see this exchange. We are not to live a changed life. We are to live an exchanged life. Man, I want to carry on for an hour just in the in him principles because the, the in him, I, and I used to listen to Kenneth Hagin in my, when I was in Bible school and I was like, and if he said, if you get anything you need to understand in him, and I didn't get it because it just sounded weird. But I'm getting a little glimpse now after 30 years or so, or whatever it is. But, but Jesus, in, in, in him, we have this exchange. And, 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 and this, is the whole, this, this is the heart of the gospel. This is what we choose. No wonder God says, listen, I don't know who's gonna believe this. Because you see, we just don't think God is this good. But in Ephesians chapter one, Man, there is so many places we can go with this, but thank you, Jesus. In Ephesians chapter one, in verse, uh, in verse two, it says there's grace to you and peace from God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that a beautiful way to start? He says, grace to you and peace from God. So no matter what you're going through, hey, listen, I wanna let you know God's got grace for you and he's got peace for you. And I mean, he, Paul starts the letters and he always says those words, almost always says what grace and peace. But then he, listen to this, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now I'm reading this fast, but I want you to, to kind of step back and don't get buried, buried in details, but sort of see the bigger picture here, okay? Follow, try, and, try and follow me here. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has, has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished on us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth in him we have be obtained an inheritance Ooh, no baby in him we have obtained an inheritance in him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. In him, are you getting tired of me saying that yet? You were also, you, were, you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. In Christ, the exchange. You see, we choose 
to believe what we get in Christ. Remember Jesus, the man, remember Jesus, the man emptied the word, if you want to call it. When he was in heaven before, he was the word, part of the Trinity. He empties himself, becomes Jesus, the man. That'll freak you out if you think about this too long because you will find out there's a man in heaven right now seated on the throne with scars. I don't know, that'll pop some people's bubble. If you can, we love you. (laughs) Anyhow, but you see Jesus comes, takes, lives this life as a man, anointed by the spirit. It says in Acts 10, 38, he does doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Okay. So, but what he does in this paid in full, tetelestai, it is he pays the debt in full. He pays your debt in full. He had no debt. He paid the debt in full. But it was the work wasn't finished. That's why I don't really like the word it is finished. I prefer the word paid in full. Because the work wasn't finished. Do you realize that, right? Just, just the cross part was done. He hasn't been resurrected. Remember when Mary said to him after he rose after three days and he said, don't touch me, I haven't been to, I haven't been to heaven yet. Hebrews teaches that he took his blood, the copies of the tabernacle and the whole holy of holies was a copy, a physical copy on earth, what was actually in heaven. And it teaches us in Hebrews that actually he comes in and he actually sees this and he takes, makes, he sees what's happened, what he takes his blood Now, raised from the dead, he takes his blood into the tabernacle, to the mercy seat, and settles once and for all the eternal blood of the covenant. So it wasn't done when he said, it is finished. The atonement work hadn't even happened yet. Just this piece of his physical part on earth was finished. Amen? Okay, so I mean... Now, you think, like I said, you, you, sometimes you just got to stew on some of these things because it, it really does set you free. In any case, but I, I will have to teach on, on this. But in verse 17, it says this, um, on, of, still of Ephesians 1, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you, this is, this is, his, this is his prayer. This is why he says, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Or as I've heard somebody said, it could actually be translated in the knowledge or or, or in, 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 sorry, let me just say, he may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of the in him knowledge. Having the eyes of your heart, where are the eyes? Not the eyes of your brain, the eyes of your head, the eyes of your heart enlightened that you may know, gnosko, intimately. What is this confident expectation of good or hope, if you will, to which he has called you, everyone? What are the riches of his glorious inheritance? Whose inheritance? His glorious inheritance. Where is it now? In the saints. His glorious inheritance are for you, the saints. 
you see, again, there's denomination that say you can only be canonized after so many years after you've been dead, and then we can call you a saint. Not according if we study sainthood in the Bible. Because why? Because righteousness is by faith. Sanctification is by faith. We, this is an exchange. Exchange doesn't happen 300 years after you're dead. But you see, will we believe it? Will we believe that this glorious inheritance is actually in house, is ours in the saints? And what is, what is the, listen to that, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power? There's that word. Toward us who believe. If you will dare to believe, he says, what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the work of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand of the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come, and put all things under his feet and gave him as the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Now, when we grasp the truth with a capital T, that this is the work that was done. When we choose to believe that's what Jesus did, not the fact that Jesus was dead for three days and then just woke up again and lived. That's great, but that's not what it's talking about. Do you believe what he accomplished through his death, burial, and resurrection? Because when you hold in a second, he earns an inheritance and there's a lot more scriptures we can do for the sake of time, you know. He earns his inheritance. He defeats death, hell, and the grave. He takes, remember, he took, he took on your sin and my sin, the sin of all of us. He takes it. He takes all of our sin. He gets raised from the dead after he defeats death, hell, and the grave. He ascends, goes to the heavenly holy of holies, if you will. His blood pays forever. You know, when we do communion, we think about all these things and we say, wow, the blood, that little chalice that's under your chair there just now. But it's just like, that time, you know, it's just, a, it's just a reminder. That's what we remind, remember. Remember his inheritance, his body broken for us, his blood, the blood of the new covenant, Jesus said. And that's what we remember. You're not supposed to remember all your sins. In fact, this is why there's many of you weak and sick and dying, fallen asleep. Why? Because you never understood this. You never laid hold of it. You never laid hold of it. If you want to live an abundant life, if you want to take hold of what is yours already, it comes, it starts with a choice of saying, Lord, I'm, I choose to believe that. But it's not just, again, it's not a spiritual mantra and incantation that you can just quote and throw out there. Listen, I, I, like I said, we, we, we spoke about the heart. This is, this is with the eyes of your heart that you perceive these things. You say, Lord, you know what? I hear your spirit teaching me through that and, and I choose to believe that. Help me. And then you walk through that. You let your heart be persuaded of truth with a capital T. Because I can tell you what, until you, that is the core critical factor of a New Testament believer. 
what Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, resurrection, ascension. That is what you filter everything through. Any of the Old Testament has to be, even what Jesus taught, has to be pulled through that filter. You must pull it through the V filter of all filters because that's what the new covenant brought and ushered in. That's what we celebrate in communion or breaking of bread. That's what we remember. Will we dare lay hold of the new covenant in his blood? Will we dare pay? He paid it in full. Paid it in full. Paid in full. When you can lay hold of that, you know how many people, you know how many of us as believers, I'm talking about believers, do you know how many of us walk with guilt? Because we've never understood some of these truths. Do you know that guilt is a horrible, horrible, death-inducing state to live in? To carry guilt in you, to carry guilt for anything you've done, is you can live miserable and sick. And I can tell you one day when you grasp the truth in your heart of these things that I'm talking about, it's like the light comes on and the guilt evaporates because, hold on a second, I wasn't going to be able to get good on, on my own anyhow. He took it. He paid it for. There is nothing for me to be guilty about. But you know what? Then the, the religious folks will say, but you know, Shannon, if you preach that too, too much, then people are just going to go and run out and sin. It's like, dude, people sin. And I'm just saying, listen, if you hear that message and want to sin, then you've missed the point because it's not about being legalistically correct with God. It's about being in relationship with Jesus. He has done this immensely magnificent gift of love that he says he demonstrates love. And this is the whole work of God from his crucified, he says, from the beginning of time, foundations of the world, right? He's like the lamb of God slain from the foundations of the world. And here he designs this all for you. And you say, oh, great, thanks. I'm off to go and sin. Can I, let me go and commit adultery with somebody because that's what idolatry is. It's adultery with God. In fact, he's quite jealous about that. It's like, listen, I want to whore around with whatever you want to whore around with. Pick a sin that we struggle with. But he's like, when you grasp this, it says that grace, this grace actually empowers us not to sin. We don't want to sin. It empowers, as Titus says, not to sin. Now listen, we all screw up, guys. But if I can tell you, and Ed, Ed used to give a very graphic demonstration about a guy I used to work for, and I won't give you this graphic one. But if I'm, if, if a husband and wife, which, which is actually supposed to be the, the, the most physical representation of Christ in the church, it says, a husband and wife relationship. It actually teaches that in Ephesians. If a husband loves a wife, a wife loves a husband. And, and, and if the husband gave himself so completely to his wife, and lay down his life for her and gave everything, it would be kind of weird for a wife to jump up and say, well, thank you. I'm off to go and commit adultery with another guy. Do you think that is even normal? It's not. God pours out love towards us. 
And that's why number one on our REC at the back there is reaching people with God's unconditional love because this is for all men. Number one thing, Lake Haven, we want people to know his unconditional love so they can go out and sin. Dude, that's just stupid. Sin, sin will burn your fingers. Sin will chop off your fingers and your arm and give you cancer. And I'm saying sin will, not God. And listen, I'm not saying cancer comes from sin. Sorry, I've got to be careful what I say because people will read into it. No, I'm just saying sin is its own paymasters. The wages of sin is death. Death pays, I mean, sin pays back. And you know, sin just, we, we listen, to be real, we all have stuff. That's why this is a journey. But this is so important for us to get critical. This critical thing is that we need to lay hold of is this call. What, whose report will we believe? Won't you just take up your little chalices at the under the, oh, thank you, sweetheart. They, they call these little fancy ones chalices. When we <laughs> and so under the, they under the front part of your leg. They, every, every chair should have one, the front leg, under the chair leg, sorry. <laughs> Oops, not under your leg. Next, next to the chair leg. Okay. So you'll see this has got a bread side up and a, and a grape juice side up. And, and so um, it's a little different from the ones that we, if you remember the old ones with the foil. But if you can peel off the top one and get your, your little bread cracker thing, your Jesus. But you know, this is, um, yeah. You see, the, the two questions you have to ask yourself that you will believe are this. One, do you believe what God's report is, what happened that Jesus did? Will you dare believe that? Every part of it. And, and, and to be frank, I know that we, if we had to answer that, we'd probably all of us say to some degree, Lord, I kind of don't believe it, but I am on the way to believing that. I'm on the way, and I, what I mean is because if you're hearing me teach in Romans 10, it says with our hearts we believe. We can agree with our heads, but we believe with our hearts. And when we choose to believe in our hearts, will you believe what Jesus accomplished through his death, burial, resurrection, when he defeated sin, what he accomplished through all of the things that God says? That is the first question. And then the simple second question is, will you believe or will you be or find yourself in him? Because it's as simple as exchanging and being part of the exchange. Because you see, if you grasp the truth and I'm working through this and I, I firmly believe you heard me say it before, when you grasp this, you will never have to have faith for one thing I'm going to use the word carefully. Again, sure, we have faith. I'm not talking about that. But you don't go to faith, God, try and work up enough faith to get healed from the sickness. You don't wake up enough faith to get a provision or a banana or a car or a house or a whatever. You have faith to believe in what God did do in the exchange. Because what, does Je what did Jesus, let me ask you that way, what did Jesus not earn? In your heart, do you believe there was something in his inheritance that missed? Was there some miss? There was there some sin that was skipped? Was there some healing that he didn't earn? 
Because if we have what Jesus, if we truly believe that we are reconciled, exchanged with him, we have everything Jesus. We have a right to take hold of anything Jesus earned. And that's what we're doing right now. Amen. So, we, Lord, we thank you that your, your body was broken for us. And you said we take the bread and break it, Lord. And we, we're, we're in our mind's eye. We use our imagination that night that you were betrayed, Lord. We're just so grateful, Lord Jesus, what you did for us on that cross. And that you did pay it all, Lord. So thank you. Let's eat that together. passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians 11 says that too. He says, he took the cup, which was wine in those days, but we don't have wine here right now. And he said, this is the new covenant in my blood, man. Sure. The new covenant. The new covenant exchange. There is no sickness, no lack. Let me put it that way. There is no lack in your life that you need to um, accept Jesus said the keys of the kingdom were that we would declare legal lawful and acceptable things that are legal lawful and acceptable in heaven and we will declare illegal unlawful and unacceptable those things that are unacceptable and this is what we do it with did Jesus make it legal lawful acceptable in the covenant if you have any lack in your life you can use your mouth and declare, confess with your mouth that make it illegal. Say that sickness, that lack, you can point to it, you can get in front of your mirror, you can get in the bathroom, wherever your closet is, whatever you want to do, and you can declare illegal, unlawful, and unacceptable that which should not be in your life. All because of this, the new covenant. And so, Lord, we take this new covenant in your blood. We, we, we want to be cognizant of everything you did for us. Thank you the new covenant in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. This morning, if you do not know Jesus, that's okay, by the way. I don't believe, <clears throat> if you don't, if you came in with a friend or whatever, just feel that you want to pray about something. We have prayer ministers here as we dismiss. Um, actually, we will, we've got a, we've got a, trail of things to do but that's okay um, if you're online with us please text the word um, you know to the word on your, the number on your screen and know that you can um, uh, you can contact us and we will pray for you if you are here we do have prayer ministers here that will pray for you in fact Steve or somebody will be on the corner we may have to take you to the prayer room is that good okay so if you are here and you need any prayer at all won't you come to the front right your front right over here my left and um, Steve will take you into our prayer room over here. Stephen and Elise, thank you guys. And then um, we'd love to pray with you. If you, if you something that you want to just share or work with them, they are awesome, awesome, awesome prayer ministers. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we're just so grateful for your love. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're working in our hearts. And we do yield to the work that you're doing. We just, we, we just melt in your love. And Father, thank you that each one of us just choose to, to, to receive that grace and choose to be an instrument. If we're already born again, Lord, we just yield ourselves to be an instrument of this grace to the world, this grace and your great love. And, and Father, we thank you for that. And, 
And if you're not born again, we'd love to lead you in that. Amen. Amen. Well, that's it. I love you guys. Um, it's so good to be home with you.